We've had some good singing. We've heard the word from the scriptures. Let's just quiet ourselves for a moment and just see what God has to share with us, you individually and what might be said here from the pulpit. So let's just quiet ourselves and then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we have sung today about wanting to be in relationship with you, that you're our rock, you're our strength. You never leave us or forsake us. You make promises to us. We're going to hold you to those, Father, today. We are hungry to be in relationship with you. We want to know you. We want to bring ourselves to you, and we ask your forgiveness when we hide ourselves when we don't come, when you're ready for the answer and we fail to ask. So I pray, Father, that the words you have today would come from my heart and be shared to the hearts of those here. I ask this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Now, I said last week I wanted to talk about hearing God's voice. And so... I went to my bookshelves and started pulling books off that dealt with hearing God's voice, and I went to a concordance and scripture, and all I was getting was crickets. <laughs> and I realized that I was attempting to talk to you from logic and reason when he speaks to us from his heart. He wants our heart. And so it's a heart-to-heart dialogue. And so today is not a sermon. Today is my story because that's what I've got. He said, David, just talk about our relationship. Talk about how we get along together. So that's what I want to attempt to do. And I'd stand up here as someone who doesn't stand on the pulpit every Sunday. Every Sunday I'm usually sitting in the pew trying to figure out, so how do I do this next week? How do I live this thing out one day at a time? I had a father that was a pastor and a mother that was a nurse. Before they got together and were married, she was a missionary nurse in Egypt for three years. And I think it was her time there that she began to have a relationship with her Heavenly Father that was pretty meaningful because there was no email, there was no voicemail, there were no computers, there were letters that might take months to travel home. And so she did not get that connection with her family as often as we can have today around the world. So I think she began to foster a relationship with her Heavenly Father. So I was fortunate enough to observe this relationship growing up, and it is my observation of my own mother's behavior that uh, helped develop my own spiritual formation. Hearing God's voice means that there's got to be some intimacy involved, intimacy with the Heavenly Father. 
We sometimes want God to just speak to us, have a monologue, you know, just download something to me. He's not interested in that. He loves a dialogue. He wants a relationship. He wants to know what's on our heart. He wants to get involved in our life down to the very nitty-gritty of what we're all about. And I think sometimes we just reserve this relationship with God for Sunday morning. Okay, I'm going to church, going to hear God. Many of us came here today for a lot of different reasons. One of them might be maybe to hear from God. Many of us thought, well, it's probably the best thing to do today. Or I want to see so-and-so. Many reasons we come to the house of worship. You know, I always know that, that, that his presence is going to be here. In the Old Testament, the people gathered around the presence of God. I think today we gather around the sermon. So let's not gather around the sermon today. Let's gather around his presence as he's here. And he's trying and wanting to speak to each one of us in this room. Whatever your relationship with God is today, trust me, you can have more of it. There's more to be had. He wants that for you. I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Kings. Kind of a follow-up that we heard earlier this morning. But this is in chapter 19. This is Elisha speaking. And he says this. He replied, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have, re Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And then <clears throat> after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elisha heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elisha? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put, on prophets to, put our prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. Now they're going to kill me too. We often think of God's voice as something that's going to be loud and clear, maybe a paragraph, maybe in 14 or 16 type, clear, and yet this is a great example of how it's just usually a whisper, and it's not a lot of words. Maybe it's just one word. If I were to tell you that there was uh, visions, pictures, and sound floating through the air right here in this room, well, there is. If we had the right receptor, we could turn on a TV or turn on a radio, and we'd hear the sounds that are in this room, the pictures that are in this room. God is wanting us to turn on our receptors. I have things for you. I have thoughts for you. I have plans for you. Begin to listen to me. I want to just share with you what I think are, again, I'm sharing from my own story, 
I tried to get it out of a book, but it just didn't work. But this is what I have gone through and tried to understand. How do I hear God's voice? How do I take the Christian life that I have been told, and how do I practically live it? And when Jesus says, I don't do anything unless my Father tells me, well, how do I do that? How do I live my life? How do I listen? How do I know? I want to share with you what I think, for me, have been helpful keys to trying to live that out on a daily basis, to hear from God daily. Now, I say oftentimes, I'm just a guy with clay feet and loafers, because I always wear loafers. I hate tight tie shoes. I fail. I make mistakes. I screw up. I don't do the right thing all the time. Even though I might hear him say to do it, there's another voice that's being played out. There isn't just my voice and my mind, my emotions. Satan knows how to very well masquerade my mind and my emotions, and he knows how to masquerade God's voice. And then there is God's voice. So how do we go and live life being able to discern who's talking? Well, I want to talk about that. When God talks, there's peace. So far today, I haven't welled up with tears, but that's often a physical sign I get when I sense his presence is near. When I was a kid, I used to get chills. I didn't know what they were until I realized it was really kind of a sense that God was near. And so I began to embrace those physical signs of his presence in my life. Satan knows who we are. He knows our design. He knows our thoughts. And so he can only imitate them and masquerade them. But they generally lead us in a direction of confusion. And I have come to, to be suspect of when someone says, God told me this about you. <clears throat> maybe and maybe not. Because to me, that's kind of like playing the God card. And so it takes away any conversation. If God's speaking to you, Generally, he wants you to hang on to it because it's for you. You'll know when it's time to share it with someone else. So what are the keys, David? I want to read to you a short passage from Habakkuk. 2, verses 1 and 2. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets, so that the herald may run with it. Okay. This gentleman, Habakkuk, was... The first chapter really was a real complaint session with God. He had just about had it and was really frustrated and so said, well, what's the deal? So God says, go, stand, listen, get still.
What am I going to show you? What are the pictures? The spontaneity of writing it down and journaling it and keeping it and passing it on. A number of years ago, I realized that I was getting a lot of thoughts and ideas and things and, and, and I thought maybe I should write them down and I went back and looked and I, my first journal I started was back in 1973 when, unbeknownst to my parents, I was, well they knew I was in Wyoming, but I decided I wanted to check out a, a graduate school in Chicago. So it was January and I hitchhiked from Wyoming to Chicago visited the graduate school, turned around, and then hitchhiked myself back. Now this was January. I don't know what I was thinking. So I bought a notebook along the way and I began writing down what was going on in my life. Finished college, what was ahead of me. And so I started writing out my thoughts. And I think I've kept a journal like that ever since. But more intently, it's been in the last 12 to 15 years when I realized Stuff's coming at me. I'm getting ideas. I'm getting thoughts. And I realize stuff's coming across my windshield. And it's not just ordinary stuff. I had just written that off as my mind going wherever it wanted to go. But then I realized I'd get a name or I'd get an idea or I'd get a thought. I started writing them down. I don't know how many journals I have now. But it's really interesting. I can go pick up one of those journals and it's like a book of his conversation with me and my conversation with him. I mentioned that my mother was probably the one I got my spiritual formation from, and I knew every day she would be in her Bible and she would be in her notebook. She, had, she loved a spiral, no, a three-ring notebook, small-sized, and that was filled. Ideas, thoughts, her concerns to God, list of people that she's praying for, dates when she prayed, dates when prayers are answered, it was just chuck full of her conversation and dialogue with her Heavenly Father. I think it was 83 or 84, their house burned to the ground completely. All her journals were burned up. She had just discovered that she had colon cancer. Colon cancer, house burns down, my dad discovers he's got cancer, and then he decided to retire, all in about a span of five months. Pretty devastating for them, and at the time, I, I didn't get all the ramifications of what they were going through. So there was one journal left, one notebook. So my mother passed away 22 years ago. I took that notebook. I opened it up for the first time last night. I just couldn't go there. And what I began to read was an intimate dialogue and questioning. Okay, the house is gone. Now what do we do, Father? Give me some answers, Father. How do we get our furniture? How do we build another house? Now our husband's in the hospital. They're living in a motel. I just took a short span of her conversation and her dialogue, and yet she continued to thank him and praise him. This was her heavenly father, and she knew him. 
It was interesting when she did pass away, the family and, and my father was shocked at the number of people who came out at her funeral. He had no idea. But we all knew. Relatives knew. Family knew. Neighbors knew. People knew that Betty McKnight had a conversation with God. And they could go to her and say, this is what's going on in my life. And she said, I'll take it to Heavenly Father. So I learned that there is a way to get in his presence. And it starts with stillness, being quiet, learning how to listen. We're not too good at that these days. I was chastised a few weeks ago when I would get up and go downstairs, make the coffee, sit down, and I'd grab my phone. And I'd start to go through all the things were in here. And one day I heard him say, what are you doing with that? What's Facebook got that I don't have? (laughs) Why are you reading your emails at 5.30 in the morning? Let's you and I talk. I got stuff for you to do. See, I told you I'm not not perfect. Not by any stretch. But I got a sense of the hungrier, hungrier I am, the more willing he is to enter in. The more he wants to participate. The more he wants to come along with me. As I said earlier, no matter what your relationship is with God right now, there's more. There is more for you. Stillness. He gives us visions. Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke in word pictures. That's why the the Pharisees missed it. He talked the language of the people. He spoke in pictures. He gives us pictures. So when those visions come into your mind, they're there for a purpose. He will speak to you in your sleep. I realized a while ago that I would say, Lord, if there's anything you didn't get through to me today, would you tell me in my sleep? Son of a gun, he'd wake me up at 3 (laughs) o'clock. And I realized, oh, he wants to. So I'd get up and I'd go downstairs. And those are some of the sweetest times I've ever had with the Heavenly Father because there's nothing in the way. It's just the two of us. It took me a while to realize that. But I began to realize I can go downstairs, sit in my chair, and have a conversation with the creator of the universe. We can talk through thoughts, through pictures, reading his word, having it step out and look and jump off the page. This book we have is the Bible. It's got so much in it. Every time I pick it up, I see, why haven't I been reading this before? He wants to be in relationship. A sense of intimacy is very important to him. And there's nothing you can do to get in the way of that. See, I found that the voice I hear that says, well, you really screwed up today. What are you going to do about that? How are you going to fix that mess? And that conversation gets started, and I realize it's a little harder to go back and say, hey, God, I I need your help because I feel guilty. I feel like, oh, I messed up. And now I realize that he says, yeah, I know you messed up. I know that, David. I created you. I love you. 
There's nothing you can do, David, that I won't forgive you for because that was taken at the cross. See, we sometimes went to be, we're reminded by Satan that, oh, God's really mad about your sin. And I've come to see God's not obsessed about my sin because that was, that was taken care of. And Satan keeps bringing it back and bringing it back. And God says, that was taken care of. What I'm obsessed about, David, is righteousness, that you don't see yourself as I see you. When I look at you, I see my son, Jesus. And I'm excited about that, and I want to engage you. I want you to understand your true identity. I've given you gifts and abilities, and I want you to use them. And I'm on your team. So, for every person in this room, there's, other, there, there's that many issues in our lives. We're wondering, how are we going to get through tomorrow? How are we going to get through the week? What's at the end of the month? And I've come to understand that he knows about that, and he wants to engage us. All we have to do is start asking. Start asking. So, that journaling part is a part of communication because he tells us to do it right here in Scripture. Write it down. See the vision? Write it down. We'll talk about it. It isn't just for the Old Testament. It's for now. He gives us a path to know him. He wants to get in touch with our heart because God, just as the airwaves are full of radio and TV, he's constantly on. And I do get jealous of those people who say, I hear his voice all the time. I don't hear his voice all the time, in part because I'm not tuned in. I let stuff happen, and it gets me, and I go off on a different tangent. And that's when I hear Satan imitating or masquerading as my voice, and I start believing that. There's a book by a gentleman named Jack Deere. The book is entitled Surprised by the Voice of God. It says this on page 17. The only person who hears God's voice well is the person who hears it poorly, but does not give up. I have found that if I expect his voice, if I really need his voice, and if I'm diligent in learning how to recognize his voice, he speaks to me regularly, and sometimes in amazing ways. In fact, I have come to count on the voice of God so much to a such a degree that I no longer conceive of trying to live the Christian life without it. For those of us who are Christians, there isn't a sacred or secular. It's all sacred. No matter what you do throughout this week, it's all sacred. He's part of it. If he's not, he wants to be. He knows the answers to your problems at home. He knows the answers to your problems at work. He knows the answers to that employee you have that you just can't figure out and you're tempted to fire. He knows the answers to that boss you've got that seems like 
where is he coming from? Why does she do that? He knows those things. And the more you work and practice and step out and risk and do it on faith to try to lean in and hear that whisper, hear that still small voice, you'll get familiar with it. You'll begin to trust it. It occurred to me a while ago that what happens if there's a real crisis in my life and I really want to get down on my knees and cry out to God? Is he going to know my voice? Is he going to, do we have a big enough relationship that he'll hear it and I can hear him? I thought, I better get with it. I better get to know his voice. I want to know his voice. I want to know when he's speaking. And I do want that sense of peace, that sense that he's with us, He's not going to let go. So stillness. Listen. Rest. What visions? What are you seeing? What comes across your windshield? What, you know, what, in your dreams? What's the spontaneity to realize that there's a river flowing? He, he, the sp- God is spontaneous, and he throws stuff at us. Are we picking it up, and are we running with it? And then journaling. We need to ask. Sit down. Ask him, so what, what do I do about this, Lord? Hang on to those things. Keys to hearing God's voice. These are the ones that I've come up with. There are many. I've got a whole bookshelf of ways people do it. Well, this is how it's worked for me. I just encourage you. He's designed you. He will speak to you according to your own story and your own design. He knows that. So he wants to use language you're familiar with. So trust that. Trust him. Father, we are grateful that you believe in us, that you believe that we have what it takes that you give us the courage, you give us the wisdom, you walk alongside of us, you trust us, Lord. May we learn to trust you, trust your voice, trust your heart as you share your heart with us. May this week be a new week where we sense you walking with us in the cool of the night and the heat of the day. Pray this, Father, in your precious holy name. Amen.